I've done this before. This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop, and it is the greatest day of the week. It's Saturday, which means we are talking about something we talk about every Saturday, forever and for always. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I muted Ian, so no one heard what his beautiful joke. But yeah, it's uh, gone now. Time has passed. Beautiful joke. I didn't hear it either. But uh, <laughs> so uh, very cool things. But for those of you. This is your first time listening to us. I just want to remind you there's two ways you can find us. One is an audio format, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are sold for free. Or you can find us live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision where we do this show noon Eastern time on Saturdays. Now, obviously, Falcon and Wear Soldier is actually coming to a conclusion. So we can't talk about Falcon and Wear Soldier every day, every Saturday. I mean, we could, but we won't. Every Saturday for the foreseeable future, we will be done tying Falcon and Wear Soldier uh, in specifics uh next week but uh we will be continuing with uh the bad batch i think that's right um and then wednesdays we do another show 5 p.m eastern time on twitch.tv slash decision where we talk about movie of the week sometimes now recently it's been a new movie because we're we're back to seeing new movies um and then we talk about the movie news of this past week or so. And there, there's been some fun things already. So I'm excited to talk about them. Uh, but more importantly, I'm joined by Ian Rismondo. Hey, it's good to be here. Good to talk about uh, the best thing that, happened to us, that happens to us every single week, which is Fat Thor. And uh, not to uh, go off of the script that we've so lovely prepared, uh, but I wanted to bring up something that we were talking about before the show started. Did you pull out a notebook just for this bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. That's my organic chemistry notebook from two years ago. But uh, we were talking briefly about Avengers Endgame, and you were saying how, wait a second, in 2023, Fat Thor is playing Fortnite, which, yes, unfortunately means Fortnite is still a thing in 2023. Yeah. But not only that, <laughs> because there is a Thanos skin in the game, that means that the creators of Fortnite wanted to put our world's like killer into the That's game. That's weird. So we Do you think Thanos. Thor plays as Thanos? <laughs> Dude, That'd be a little like, twisted, he, right? He runs around like chopping the head off of everyone who plays as Thanos. <laughs> right. Dude, Do you he, think Noob Master 16 does Noob Master 69 play as Thanos? And that's why Thor is so upset and he talks trash for Korg. Right. There's I mean, there's a lot more deeper layers than we thought. Unless we're going to like Lego games or some old Marvel games, this is mm -hmm. the most common or most recent game that has Thanos in it. So what he's really been doing is training. <laughs> <laughs> he's killing all these story uh Thanos is in yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, he's training for, for when he gets the chance. And That's... it's so unfilling for when he finally does it, because he's been doing it this entire time. It's yeah, just no different, man. It's no different. <laughs> Doesn't change anything. <laughs> But uh, I want to get that a little. And that's the show. So yeah, thanks it. for joining. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we're here to talk about Falcon and the Soldier, as you brought up earlier. And <coughs> oh man, what an episode! This I think might have been my least favorite. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was pretty torn up about it uh, immediately after. I was still processing. I think. I'm happy I watched it a second time because I liked it a lot more the second time. Okay. Um, but yeah, the first time I watched it, I, I just had this weird feeling. Uh, to me, if you take out the the Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers of it all, mm -hmm. 
which isn't that much in this episode. What but a band it's... name. <laughs> on the flag smashes. Yeah. And so like if you take out um, this epic new pop sensation uh, <laughs> out of this show. Metal and synth. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, you can't do that. <laughs> that that's why everyone's angry. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, if you take them out of this episode, which is probably only like 10 or 15 minutes tops. Um, it's honestly less than that. I would think so too, but I, I was being a little conservative about it. Uh, <laughs> so if you take that out, to me, this is a very conclusion episode. Like Sam figures out what he's doing for the rest of his life. Bucky figures out what he's doing for the rest of his life. Zemo is dealt with. Zemo's dealt with. That's resolved. John knows what he's doing for the rest of his life, more or less. Um, it's well, it's kind of it's kind of to him for the rest cliffhanger of level, but uh, so I would agree with you, and 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 I'm not trying to argue the point, but I think something this episode did that like makes this not a conclusion episode because I agree with you on that. Uh, is the introduction of the character uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra? See, but to me, that, that that's like an end credit scene, you know, like like e- even though it's in the middle of this episode, to me, that's like a cliffhanger for John Walker's so character. If- Okay, so do you think that it would have been like, better if we had seen that towards the end? Like, imagine if I told you that there was a show. Imagine if I told you um, that imagine there's a show world. confirmed uh, after this called U.S. Agent. So, like, <laughs> I think that I think that scene would have more weight to it if that was the last we saw of him. Right, but I don't think it is. It, it's well, not well, a conclusion I mean, even episode. In, even in this then, episode, so. we saw him twice more after. Right, 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 right. But that's because, like, Hoskins. We saw him going. That's uh, because, see, like, I mean, you could say that's kind of. It makes sense where it's at because this isn't the last episode we'll see him in. True. We're we're going to see him in the next episode, so it's not actually intended to be a cliffhanger, right? Right. Even though it is the vibe of a cliffhanger. Uh, that that that's all I'm trying to say. And I feel that the introduction of this character, Val, is such like a... Yeah, let me see if I still have my tabs open about these characters. I guess I'll I'll jump right into the the meat of this. So anytime a new character is introduced, especially one I don't even recognize, like I didn't recognize this character. I was like, that doesn't sound like anything from the comics, but I was like, it is complicated enough to be someone from the comics because there's no way someone comes up with this name. Right. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Like, no, you don't just pull that. Uh, uh, So I did a little research and as part of our little education hour. um, But I mean, this this is how I get educated about this stuff. Also, Uh, I just Google it. Um, And so this this is all comic book stuff. So we don't know what versions will be adapted into. uh, Into the MCU. But. Uh, so Val, Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine, um, played by Julia Dreyfus, which, what, what a shock. I was like, that's very cool. Um, and she does a great job. The, the performance is great. It, every line of dialogue is so ex- excellently calculated. Um, she's so pompous and she believes she has the, every right to be there and do what she's doing and mm-hmm. it, it's beautiful like uh walker's wife is just like um what like, <laughs> but but i like i yeah she does that but then at the same time she's like uh pit pit what was it like 
killing that guy was the second best decision you've ever made. And then she goes, the first and your first is, oh, well, it's tied with, you know, marrying your wife. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's a, that's some self-awareness, you know, <laughs> like, um, but uh, but yeah, so Val is a member and she's a pretty high ranking member of uh, this organization called Leviathan, uh, which if you saw Agent Carter, that sounds a little bit familiar to you, but you still don't totally know what it is. And that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, because even after reading all these articles, I still don't totally know what their goals are. Uh, other than part of an evil organization. Other than just like world domination but not hydra's world domination i don't really know how it's different other than different people i think it's different people maybe differing like at one point they split and now it's like two two well, sides of an old family that don't talk to each other now i mean that's basically almost exactly how it is uh not necessarily family itself but so um going into val before i go into the very complicated stuff that <laughs> is i was just like what is going on uh, I fell down a deep rabbit hole. Like I'm in Wonderland now. That, that's where my mind is at. Um, so she uh, was working for Leviathan in the comics um, inside of an Italian anti-communism movement. She was undercover because Leviathan, I guess, are communists. Um, I mean, a lot of Leviathan members are KGB. Um, and so the way I was thinking about it is that like Leviathan is like okay is like communist soviet russia and then hydra are nazis so it's like they, they are different but uh still still not great uh, <laughs> and so um while she was there uh dum dum dugan everyone's favorite howling commando uh he actually recruited her into shield thinking she was part of this anti-communist movement not realizing she was undercover in this anti-communist movement. So she joins S.H.I.E.L.D. She eventually moves very high up the uh, chain, the ladder of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and becomes a pretty prominent member uh, for a long time. A long time. And then eventually uh, she secretly joins... Uh, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff because there's like a lot of junk about heroes that... Even myself, I don't know a ton about like Union Jack. That's a very minor British hero. Uh, but she works a lot with the British heroes um, in her time with S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, including Lance Hunter um, and Captain Britain. Uh, but she uh, secretly joins Hydra. So now <laughs> so, so she's kind of joined everyone at this point. Um, and she even takes on the moniker Madam Hydra. Now I know what you're thinking, oh, she's Madam Hydra. She's not. There's a different character that is Madam Hydra. But she takes on the moniker of Madam Hydra during her time. Um, and then she quickly betrays Hydra, as you do, um, and reveals herself to be working with Leviathan and working very closely with the leader, Magadan, um, to which they wake up an army of leviathan soldiers which eventually get defeated and then she's arrested and that's her comic book story now what is leviathan and let's go into what ian was bringing up well let's just say leonardo da vinci's behind <laughs> this this is the most convoluted story that you're about to tell 
than I think I've ever heard in like it's so it's so complicated. Um, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the show, and we'll we'll get back to talking about the show in a couple minutes. But um, and I don't think the MC is actually going to adapt a lot of this stuff. But uh, it was a fun rabbit hole to fall down, and I was just like, what? what and and everything i read was just more shocking than the other so leonardo da vinci's behind it all what does that mean um so basically the leonardo da vinci back you know in his time uh started a group uh called the brotherhood of the shield which involved very intelligent people from around the world including isaac newton emotep zang zang hang i don't know how you say that Zeng, I feel like I'm mispronouncing. I have like the, the fun, I have the phonetic wrong. Um, Zhang, Zong. I'm pretty sure it's Zheng, but you're right. I definitely the it. beginning. Zhang, Hang, uh, and Galileo, and several others that weren't listed on the Wikipedia page I was reading. <laughs> um, and apparently they defeated prominent MCU members, uh, such as Galactus. As you, know. you do. Back in like what what year is that? Like the 1500s. 1600s, 1500s, um, the Celestials. So I, I got to kind of thinking, I was like, so like the Avengers are like pretty weak that they need superpowers in order to defeat. <laughs> they use their minds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know, later, um, to those of you who are familiar with Iron Fist's history, uh, Da Vinci helped Kun Lun detect that the phoenix force yes gene gray's phoenix force the x-men um was coming to earth you to you know wreak havoc because it's a force of chaos um and so he decodes symbols and interprets this strange dragon that appears uh telling kun lun that they need to send a warrior to go defeat the dragon shao lao to become the first iron fist we have Da Vinci to thank for all of the Iron Fists. For the Iron Fist TV show. Yes. Um. <laughs> and if we had gotten season three, I'd be on the ground like <laughs> thanking Da Vinci. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I missed that so much. Come on. So, um, but how does this apply? How does this apply? Well, you know, Da Vinci time traveled. So, you know, <laughs> as he does. As he does. Um, and then uh, because he was so pleased with his work of the Brotherhood of the Shield, which, by the way, didn't end so great. But uh, he was so <laughs> pleased with his work there that he decided to do it again. So he assembles the Great Wheel of the Zodiac, uh, which includes like some 12 members. And some of them I'm sure we'll all recognize. And some of them I'm sure none of us will recognize. Um, it includes Vasily Dasev. John Garrett, if you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1, that name sounds familiar. Uh, Sh Shoji Soma, Cornelius Van Lunt, Baron Strucker. I think we all remember Baron Strucker from Age of Ultron. Also his son slash grandson uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. Dum-Dum okay. Dugan from Captain America, the first Avenger. Also showed up in Agent Carter a couple of times. Nick Fury needs no explanation. Jake Fury. Nick Fury's brother. Daniel Whitehall was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season two. Werner Reinhardt, you know. Jake Fury. Um, <laughs> uh, 
um, Victor Overov and Thomas Davidson. Um, and so they worked pretty well together, but like, that's interesting. You, you look at that list and you go, Hmm, sounds like there's a lot of people from around the world. And this organization in the comic books is like around like the thirties, the forties. And so you start to look at it and you go, Hmm, how did they work so well together? Well, the thing is they didn't. <laughs> so, uh, there was this huge betrayal in the group, which ultimately caused them to split into four groups, which is. Leviathan, the Zodiac Cartel, Hydra, and Shield. So go into your comment about like sounds like two families that split somewhere up the chain. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Um, now Hydra does predate uh, this organization by like they they've assimilated certain values of some really ancient groups, um, but they really got their start with Baron Strucker in World War Two. And then when Red Skull came along and it, the two of them kind of did a lot of stuff. I'm also curious about if they had anything to do with the SSR, which is. Well, so that's basically the shield side, right? Um, right. And I also don't think the SSR existed in the comic in comics at the time. Yeah. I think gotcha. like it was just shield. Like... Gotcha. Okay. Can't fault that. that. <clears throat> I think that was their, the, the MCU's interpretation of not making Nick Fury a hundred years old. Gotcha. Um, Cause they still yeah. want him to be a part of shields founding, they but had to do something. <laughs> didn't, didn't want there to not be a scientific right. division. Um, and so, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so Da Vinci, we have to thank for Hydra shield Leviathan and the Zodiac cartel, which we haven't really met in the movies at all whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, At some point, we'll get around to him. But yeah, oh, it's it's so weird. <laughs> so to get back to the show, just just after we're still our, talking about Falcon and the Soldier, right? <laughs> just off of our little learning corner. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, back back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. What'd you think about the episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, if we're going back to that, other than I just think... Val. <laughs> So something that came to both of our attentions recently, I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast yet, is that, um, although maybe we talked about it last week, is that uh, this may not have been the original story this show wanted to tell. And I remember, I think it was on a podcast sometime last year, I, uh, there was a, a rumor going around that there was a different story that this show was going to tell, one that involved a um, biological virus. Yeah. And and that seemed and the the idea was that seemed a bit too close to what was going on with real world events, so they like quickly had to do some reshoots and uh, dub over some some of the lines to like change the script. And I think we see a bit of that in this episode because yeah. a lot of the characters' motivations, or at least specifically the flag smashers, don't really seem to fit in this episode. Um. Other than that, I I really liked I. I liked the character development between Sam and Bucky. They really seem to grow as as a as a couple, uh, as a couple of guys. A um, couple of guys. Yeah. Uh, the whole time that they spent together in, in Louisiana was was great. I think, uh, and we got yeah, that's cool. Sam's montage uh, of of his training, so he can be able to wield the shield. Something that I I we saw and I wasn't expecting at all 
was Sam gifting his wings to, to Joaquin Torres. It didn't feel like a gift. I Keep, mean, I mean, sure, gift is maybe not the right word, but now Torres owns the wings. Yeah, well, but the government does, right? Like maybe, or Torres is just like, I mean, well, specifically Torres is the, takes on the role of Falcon once. Sam right? No, 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 no. I I hear what you're saying for sure, but at the same I, time, though, that like there needs to be more before Torres just shows up with the wings, sure, because sure. that's weird to me. He, we so, don't know even if he's trained in using the wings. Probably not yet, but hey, look, <clears throat> training montage. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, a simple two-hour training montage, and you're good to go. Now, you bring up a good point, because I didn't even think about that, that like maybe the government now has them. <clears throat> I because mean, if, that's the, if that's the case, then that's basically uh, a big screw you to like the, the military that Sam is like, you've messed this up. You made Captain, you made Walker. You've done this. I'm not fighting at what I'm not fighting. I'm retired the at this point. Yeah, or not necessarily retired, but he's not at like the the government's yeah. way kind of thing. Uh, he's now gonna. But he does have American contracts, which I think he has to uphold. But <laughs> now he's just he's upset when he has to do them. He just shows up. Like, he shows up drunk or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I I think the I think like the storyline from the Flag Smashers really fell through this episode. We didn't get a lot of them. This was much more focused on Sam uh, and Bucky, and we um, we got Isaiah back, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, that, this thing I really appreciate about this episode is kind of feels like now Sam doesn't go around to talk to everybody, but like, right. but he kind of you you kind of get that vibe though, j- at least just between like talking to Isaiah, talking to his sister, and talking to Bucky, that like he's really and even talking to Torres uh, for a little bit, but he's really like evaluating his own situation and what he wants to do and what is the right thing to do um and it feels very like tonally similar to like steve back in civil war that now now we actually what's cool is we're actually spending more time with sam than we got with steve before things went down but uh steve was very much steve now at the, he goes to the funeral. He's not actually intending to go to talk to Natasha, but Black Widow shows up. And so he talks with her. Um, he talks with Sharon. He talks with Falcon. You know, he talks with these three people all before he decides, hey, I'm going to go save Bucky, even though it's a fugitive move. Um, and it's because, like, I almost get the feeling that, like, they have an idea of what they want to do and they almost want to be talked out of it. Right. To give me a reason not to, because this is what I'm. I'm but then, about. like the things people say, they're like, "Yeah, I do have to do it. Like, this sucks, but I have to do it. It's the right, right. thing to do." Um, I think uh, another thing about Sam going around and talking to all these people is just showing us again how, because I think this is, I think Sam's lines with or Sam's interactions with um, Bucky, Sarah, and Isaiah. Um, is a good comparison to Walker when he's on trial with the council because Walker shouts out that he, uh, he like, you made me, I've done everything you've ever asked. Like, and and he, he used those 30 seconds to prove that he was the perfect soldier. Mm -hmm. And Sam uses the rest of this episode to prove that he's a good man. Right. That's a good point. Uh, which Um, is going back to Erskine. Um, Yeah. But I gotta say, I really loved, uh, John Walker with the council. Cause like, I feel like how they were kind of shutting him up and like kicking him out the door a little bit. 
uh, I was like, if they had just done that, I would have been like, oh, they kind of left stuff on the table. But the fact that even though John's not like allowed to speak, but the fact that he does speak and it, his little speech, though, that like you made me like I live by your mandates. Right. Right. Like you're you're discharging me, but I I followed your orders. Like, and it's like, wow, that was a really powerful, like, those are words that needed to be said. Like, and I think what, uh, Contessa says to him later about, they're not really upset that you killed him. Right. It, it's, I think the big issue is that it was public. It's just the optics. Yeah. Like right. she says, yeah, it was, he could have killed the entire Flag Smashers organization, but if it had been in that building, it would have been fine. And he would have been labeled a hero. And right. He would have got out a fourth medal of honor. Like, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but instead, uh, because it was so public and so rage-filled, but, uh, it's but not yeah. It's like that, that wants to have. Right. Like, and so it has nothing. Yeah. And that that's the, the real tragedy of it all, that it's in such a revenge moment that he he didn't do anything wrong it was just like it, it, i know so, i still think he did something wrong no for sure i mean he kills out of malice rather than out of uh i don't know what the word is but <laughs> out of mercy mercy for others <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> to save others he kills out of malice but um he was doing it for the wrong reason yeah not to say but I'm just saying things. if he had if he was in all black and he was wearing a skull on his chest like in the vein of the Punisher we'd all be cheering like <laughs> um if he was Johnny Bernthal we would have all been cheering <laughs> yeah different John <laughs> uh but yeah it's certainly interesting uh and I think I agree with you and like it is pretty powerful because like Isaiah is telling him from a man who's like, who's been burned, you know, right. um, he's been burned. And so because of that, he's kind of given up um, and like, you can't blame him for that. And Sam says like, yeah, if, if you've been through the things that he'd been through, it makes sense where he's at, but that's what makes it even more powerful for him to keep up the symbol for him to keep it up because you got to keep fighting. And I think that's, uh, there were a couple things about Isaiah's talk with Sam that I really, really liked. Uh, but one of Isaiah's lines, because he has been burned, he has this this um, horrible outlook. And I'm not saying it's wrong of him. Like they, he was treated awfully. Right. In his situation, um, that is absolutely the right outlook. And sure. he said, one of his lines is, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. And Sam doesn't respond to that. He, he really like like takes that he's in. He's thinking about he, it. And that whole next episode when he's back exactly. with his sister, he even says... I'm just trying to figure out what it means. Right, right. Like, uh, something else about his talk that I really, really liked is when Isaiah talked about uh, the Red Tails, the the three three two, yeah. which is the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, and something I, I talked to you about briefly before this, uh, the podcast that I wanted to bring up about this. So I did a little bit of research, um, and you know, in movies or whatever, and you hear like the majestic cry of the bald eagle, our, you know, our national bird, <laughs> that that piercing cry. Uh, turns out that's not a bald eagle. That's it. That's the cry of a red tail hawk. Huh. Uh, basically, because a, a bald eagle's uh, majestic cry sounds like bird chirping. Like they they don't make <laughs> that. It, it it literally sounds like baby birds chirping. That's fine. Uh, so so anytime you hear that majestic like caw, it's a red tail hawk. Ah, so basically, the red tail hawk is the voice actor for the 
<laughs> for Bobby <laughs> Bobby <laughs> but but like what what's more majestic than that like what's more patriotic than than that right. cry it has it's, to it's be these guys it's the yeah. red tail hawk uh so i thought that was really cool um wow that is that is like a sub level of <laughs> real world you right know? right i'm bringing in more things than they wanted to put in the show <laughs> um, yeah they didn't even know also something uh, that is now in my head canon um is so isaiah talks about his time that like uh his other his brothers that uh the other men that were injected with the, the variations of the super soldier serum uh he said like a couple were they were like they were all unstable and a couple yeah. uh died some were captured during the war and he had overheard like the higher ups saying that they wanted to just nuke the pow camp to hide mm-hmm. the evidence uh and that like pissed isaiah off so sure. he rescued them as he should Right. Uh, but in doing so, he proved that the serum worked, and so that's what he—that's why he got taken in by the government, and experimented <laughs> on. And so he tells us that uh, there was a very like kind nurse that uh, <laughs> helped him fake his death to get him out of this, and then he also gave him his wife's letters. Yeah. Uh, and in my head canon, that nurse is the grandmother of Night Nurse. <laughs> Would be it's cool. Just like, um, it's just, it's just more, more. Now, are we talking Christine Palmer's Night Nurse, right? I mean, I mean, she's the only one that's in the MCU right now. Technically, yeah, she's she's Night Nurse, uh, even though she hasn't helped. She's barely even helped Doctor Strange. <laughs> We've only seen her for one movie. We yeah. haven't got to see her do other things. Maybe, I don't know if she's time. in the sequel. Like, right, right. Oh man, that'd be awful. But. um I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that no, that's a cool connection. Wow, that that was I didn't know the thing about the red tails. That's cool. I, I did um, some research last night. I was like, whoa. Yeah, this, that's, is, this is big. That is cool. Um, but yeah, and then uh, did you expect when? Or I guess let's go back just a little bit, just a hair. Right. Bucky's interaction with Zemo, yes. I really liked. I thought that was yes. cool. I thought it was cool. Um, like, like I didn't expect. I mean, I guess I did because the trailer, but uh, that was like, where's that scene? But part of me was also just like, is Zemo just gone now? So um. I'm, glad, I'm pretty sure that I, and this is not me like with a 400 IQ level move, but I'm pretty sure I, I, I believe Zemo is going to come back like he wasn't done in this in the show. Yeah. I think I think now he is. Right. Uh, now right, we've yeah. had his conclusion. But uh, I really liked that during that talk, they really made their peace. Like both of them made their peace with this decision and, and Bucky held up a gun, cocked back the hammer and Zemo accepted it. Zemo completed his mission. He stopped the super soldiers mm-hmm. to his knowledge. He's done everything he wanted to. And then Bucky shows mercy. Uh, granted now Zemo has to go live for the rest of his life in the raft until he breaks out. Um, but that's a good conclusion. Uh, I yeah, kind of cool. I am curious about how uh, the Dora Milaje have jurisdiction to be able to just walk into the raft and drop someone off. Well, I feel um, like, I mean, it's not like they'll turn him away. They won't. <laughs> they're just going to like stroll up and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, why are you bringing us weapons here? And, and then they're going to be like, like for you. here. The Dora Milaje have jurisdiction. You're, mi- you're missing a prisoner, except right. he was a prisoner of some German facility. Correction. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is, what is the line that the Dora said before? The yeah, the Dora Milaje of jurisdiction, wherever the Dora, Dora Milaje find themselves to be. So there you go. That's, <laughs> that's all they have in jurisdiction. Um, yeah, I was, I, I'm a little disappointed that they're taking him to the raft. Like, I think it's cool and whatnot. But, like, part of me was really hoping that they would take him to Wakanda. 
um, right, so that right. whatever happens in Black Panther two, he's um, there. that someone could like consult him in like a very uh, butting heads kind of way. But also in that scene, but obviously uh, Zemo would. I mean, not obviously, but I would think based on the Zemo we've gotten to know, Zemo would actually want to help because it wasn't a, it wasn't against anything. Like right. he holds nothing against the Wakandans as a people. Yeah. Um, also during that scene, Bucky asks for a favor from Io. Right. And it's, it's, we find out later it's a gift to Sam, which I'm now curious. I mean, it's a new suit. Like, right. It's a new suit. Yeah. It's gotta be a new suit at first though, when he dropped it off, cause Sam hadn't fully picked up the shield yet. Um, I was like, oh, is it a different shield? Because it almost looks the same shape as uh hold on real quick. Um, but uh it almost looks the exact same shape as the the second shield that Steve has from Wakanda, by the way. Okay. Uh it almost looks that same size, same shape. And so that's what my initial thought was. But now that Sam has picked up the shield, I am thinking it is a suit, wings. Um, I'm not sure if it's wings. I mean, I'd be disappointed if it's not. <laughs> right. I mean, all like all the images from the comics, all of he still has wings when he takes up the, the Rolls cap. So yeah. I guess that's right. But it really seemed like when he when he got rid of the when he um set down the wings like for with torres it seemed like he was just done like potentially with that role so but yeah i mean his whole thing is that he was an airman he he had he knows how to fly with these he knows how to fight with these right so yeah I, I i don't know i mean they could go the route that like captain america can't have the wings like <laughs> but yeah, um, i mean he definitely and maybe uh he's and just, maybe it's gonna be like the best of both because during his training montage, we saw him doing like flips and, and stuff. And that's the thing doing. is that that's why I feel like it's got to be the wings because right. like Steve wasn't that <laughs> that athletic. Um, Something else, and now talking specifically about the shield or I guess the captains um, and their methods of fighting. Uh, okay. Because we, Steve has had a very like his way of fighting with the shield. Uh, we see in this episode in the very beginning when Walker fights against Sam and Bucky, it is a very different style of mm -hmm. fighting. Like he has the shield like at the end and he's swinging it as um, right. almost as like an axe or something. Uh, and it's very interesting to see these characters having such different styles of fighting Yeah, uh, with this shield. But I will you know, say shield, Steve's is still Steve, Steve's method of fighting though is like the most diverse form of fighting. Cause like there, there's all this, <laughs> that's the thing that I always find so funny about civil war uh, is when he's fighting Tony um, Friday says like, uh, there's what is what does she uh, say? It's like his, uh, there, his, there's uh, no pattern to his fighting or something like that. And then uh, she's and then later she almost like immediately later it's like um, it's not countermeasures. That's not the right word, but um, <laughs> it's something that like we have a way to fight back. And it's like I thought you couldn't predict it. <laughs> how have you predicted it if you couldn't predict it um predict the prediction <laughs> and so but like that's the thing with steve and, and it's like a big thing in the comics that he like he is the best fighter mm -hmm. um and i don't totally understand like 
why in particular he's the best fighter because he is just a kid from Brooklyn. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's actually just training because the explanation and and Sam and Bucky during the while they were playing catch with the shield kind of showed this off that it's not like the thing about the shield is it's not just uh, like you can't throw it off any surface and have it come back to you. It really is targeting. It really is having that aim and that right. precision because when, when cap in any of the movies he's been in, um, except I think in like one movie where he did have like an electromagnet at some point, uh, right. Where he picks it up. Yeah. Right. But for almost everything else, it is just him making split second decisions with precision firing and being able to hit those ricochets. Right. So it, I think it is training. He, he has put in the effort to be able to do this. And now yeah. Sam is doing the same. For sure. For sure. Um, it's it just... only takes two hours of training now. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what did you think of uh, Carly and the Morgenthau's? Uh, which is now my my term for uh yeah i mean it's interesting it kind of goes into the the first scene kind of goes into my whole confusion well i mean both scenes but uh yeah the first scene kind of goes into my whole confusion that i think i brought up last week uh that like i didn't realize that the place they were living was the grc resettlement camp yep so they were saying the grc are just ignoring them when but like, like I get it. The, the resettlement camps don't have all the resources and whatnot. But like, especially now, I'm like, wait. So the the Patch Act, they were they were plucked from their their countries wherever they were residing and put into resettlement cap, camps. The Patch Act will then take. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. The Patch Act will then take them and put them back into their home countries. Yes, that is correct. That sounds better than the resettlement camps to me. <laughs> potentially the infrastructure uh, of their countries is not no ideal. for sure and on a case-by-case -case basis but like like the resettlement camps and like that's something the grc are talking about is like the resettlement camps are not not the it's, answer it's like a halfway house like we're trying to yeah. get everything back to the way <laughs> that that is kind of a and so i'm like isn't the patch act actually kind of the solution like granted the the decisions that got them into this position in the first place i think are weird decisions but now that we're here <laughs> right, from this point something that i actually had a laugh at uh when watching this episode uh is when we see uh the flag smashers stroll back into the resettlement camp that's now abandoned uh one of the subordinates um picks up like a piece of paper off the wall and yeah. reads it and it talks about how the grc uh accused the people here of abating and uh abetting and, and hiding these international fugitives so they were the place was raided and carly gets upset at that but the but the g but the grc was in the right here the, yeah. these people were abetting and hiding foreign or international fugitives it's like and they so have they, to realize like like not not in like uh making negative what their fight's about but like they have to realize that they are fighting a big force and anyone who helps them will be hurt. Right. Right. Like, like, like John Walker would have been somewhat in the right to detain that one dude. Um, I, I don't remember his name, but like who, who gave him shelter for that evening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like not, not the dude he killed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he would have been in Rudy. Yeah, yeah. He would have been in the right to detain him, at least for questioning, you know, yeah, like they, he aided a fugitive. Um, and so it's like, the, she doesn't realize that like, 
whenever she asks people for help, that has consequences. I think she's still new to the leadership role. She's uh, kind of grown into it, but she doesn't quite understand the consequences. Like she's happy that people around the world are willing to help them, but like that every means time that she uses that help, those people now, now become fugitives. Also, like, right. um, and then also, but the whole wording of it all, though, that the GRC has raided, it's the GRC's place. Right. They don't need to raid. Anything. It's their. <laughs> it's their installation. And this, I think, it's not a raid. It's an investigate, an internal vest investigation. <laughs> I kind of think now that we've learned that we've talked more about the potential of uh, re-scripting this the show, that like yeah. any of these errors just come from the idea that this is like a last minute change. Maybe I just, work. I just feel like it's so entwined though with Carly's story that like. It does, but we don't know how much of her story was supposed to be different. Because right, again, like it, it, it has I to be we like her whole story. Yeah, I don't I know. We, I don't know, but that happened. We see her a little bit later, but we we get to see the GRC like headquarters or something, mm -hmm. or where they're holding a meeting, which makes absolutely no sense to me because it really feels like they're like a United Nations type organization. But in New York, but even but if it the so, United it Nations is in New York. That's where their headquarters is. That's where they I hold meetings. The United Nations was in Vienna. I'm pretty sure. Why? Well, like they can hold the meetings at different places, right? Uh, but I'm pretty sure one of the, the meetings for the okay. United Nations is in New York. Like I mean, so yeah. Why isn't it just the United Nations? Why is it this? Yeah, United Nations headquarters is in New York, New York. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so like. It, it it gives a very big U United Nations vibe, like you just said. But there's only like twenty countries in it. it may, it like they're missing sense. a lot of seats, right? Um, and it's weird that not everyone would get a voice about you know returning citizens to their and to their own even, borders. They're not even having um, in this organization, which feels very much like United Nations, as we talked about. This is a worldwide organization, or at least there are members on the table. They don't have like the highest level person in this country on that table. And like, that's somewhat fine, but I'm also surprised that it's not an ambassador. It's just a Senator. It's just a Senator, which makes very little sense. Like that's so weird to me. Like, like to me, like who, whoever state that Senator is for, they should feel like, so, so, uh, so abandoned. Like their senators focusing on their whole world. The Senator's job is to focus on the state. Right. <laughs> like um the state's relation to the to the federal level like that's why we have ambassadors <laughs> because so that can be their whole job right like and that so it's just so weird to me everything about the grc is weird uh, their inception sense. their decisions their it's their all weird to, their goals yeah it's so weird to me um and some of it doesn't make sense, like we were saying about the GRC raiding their own install. Um, uh, but what do you think about uh, what do you think about Sharon Carter? Yeah. Uh, so, so we get a very short snippet about Sharon, and but I think this is like the most important. <laughs> and we've been uh, predicting that she's the power broker. I don't know. To me. Even though actually, before I, I think we both have two different theories on this. I think, I think before, pause you the break there. Uh, as of this morning, I have a new theory. So I separate from what I have been saying and yes. what you have been saying. Okay. Something that neither of us have talked about, but go ahead and talk. Cool, go cool, ahead and cool. what, 
I'm into it. Yep. Uh, all good things. So uh, I've been saying since kind of since we saw Sharon for the first time that I was like, she's kind of giving power broker vibes. Like it's her. Um, but right. then I got to thinking about it and I got to thinking about it and I was like, you know, maybe she's not the power broker because the decisions she makes in this episode even more solidify it. So the power broker is constantly threatening and chasing and trying to kill. They even kill one of the flag smashers, right? They do. They do. Um, so the power broker is, is against the flag smashers. Well, she hires Betrock, which we find out again, because apparently she, she hired, hired Betrock the at the time. beginning, which was the not the very first, sort of the first scene, the first capturing of Captain Vassant. Yeah. Uh, that Sam stops. And so, uh, but she sends Betrock to go help the flag smashers. Okay. And then I think back to her lines of dialogue to Sam and Bucky back in episode three, and she's talking about the hypocrisy of superheroes. And it all sounds very similar to what Carly and, um, can't remember the guy's name. Jacob. No. Yes. Uh, at the cemetery, I think his name is Jacob. Right? At the cemetery is Nico. That is Nico. Okay. Yeah, because it's at his grandfather's grave. All right. Um. Yeah. So, which is a very similar conversation that they have when talking about like Captain America. Um. And and then I get to thinking, and I'm like, wait, if she's the power broker, why does she even send Sam to 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 Nagel? Right. To to just if she thinks even there's like a two percent chance. That Zemo, remember Zemo's there, that Zemo kills Nagel. She shouldn't do that. That's her super serum chef. Mm -hmm. She needs to protect him if she's the power broker. But if she's not the power broker, and if she's helping the Flag Smashers, that means she is against the power broker. And if Nagel's working for the power broker, she, yeah, I mean, if Nagel dies, I mean, no big deal. But, um, uh, <laughs> Yeah. But then she um, says, like, we have a problem because, oh, that means the power broker is going to come for us hard now that Nagel's dead. Um, but I was helping Sam and Bucky because maybe they could help Carly and whatnot. But then because of everything that went down in, like, episode four, it doesn't work out. And, and so I, I guess thinking, I'm like, okay, so maybe she's not the power broker. And then I go to, oh, well. Just as I'm losing faith that she's the power broker, we get introduced to a new character, <laughs> which is Val. And so I'm like, so now it doesn't necessarily mean that Val is the power broker. Maybe she's working for I the power broker. I don't know. I have, I have a big thing. Um, but I do think she is connected to the power broker because I start looking at it and she's telling uh, John, she says, hey, you know, you could have killed them all. You could have killed all the Flag Smashers. Okay, so Val's not pro Flag Smasher. And then additionally, she wants John to work for her. Well, John still probably wants to go get Carly because he doesn't want to let the person who killed Lamar live. Very true. And so he still wants to go get Carly. So she's like, hey, well, we got some common goals, maybe. Um, which is why I think she's connected with the power broker. And I do think that her, someone working for her, is the one that killed Selby. And Selby told them about power broker things and so yeah that's where i'm at so what's your theory sure uh for a while and and up till very recently i believe that sharon carter sharon carter was the power broker there was too much of her that just felt a bit off mm -hmm. uh we saw her doing a lot of things that were like hmm, i don't know about that 
because uh, she is very well off. But at this point, I think she has literally just she's very intelligent, has made a name for herself, and she's yeah. It's weird how how successful people. that she she's uh, got underneath the power broker's rule without being with the power broker. Right. Uh, and so we get introduced to Val at a very crucial time for Walker. Um, and she, as you said, she's like, hey, you could have killed them all. Like, like mm-hmm. the best decision you can ever make uh, besides marrying her is pick up the phone when I call. And she gives out a uh, a business card that has nothing written on it. One side is white. The other side is black. Right. I have a feeling the power broker might be Wilson Fisk. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> dude, that went what? Um, but in in Madripoor, I don't know if he, he lives not, in Madripoor. He's not helping he, out his hometown. That's so important I, to him. I don't know if he lives in Madripoor. I don't know. I mean, he's every every kingdom needs its king. He's the kingpin. Whoa, he might, he might have a he might have a holiday home in Madripoor. I don't know. They do make that line. Every kingdom needs its king. Uh. The business card as well. Those are like his big things. He doesn't like doing things himself. Sure. So, so if Val is like the James Wesley, mm-hmm. uh, whoa, there's, there's a lot whoa, of stuff. Whoa, 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 there's a lot of stuff that uh, and I, I don't <laughs> know, man. That's that's the theory I'm running with right now. Is that it's Kingpin, dude? That would be crazy. <laughs> we got one episode left to figure it out. So, I hear what you're saying, and it excites me. I don't. Here, here, here's what I have to say about it, though. Um, oh, cool! You don't need to leave at the top of the hour. I don't. I'm good. Okay. Hopefully, we don't go too much longer, though, because I know you need to study still. <laughs> I do need to study, regardless. Um, um, but my the only thing I have to say to that in response, because that is an incredible take, is that Val. So if we take the COVID out of our universe, now, yes, the story changes, but because we are talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier maybe changed because of COVID, but say it's the same story, but we take COVID out of, out of release dates. We were supposed to get in the MCU. We were supposed to get Black Widow, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then WandaVision. Yep. But in this timeline, we got WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we'll get Black Widow around the same time. And then Loki shortly after, but, uh, the interesting thing is, supposedly, Val was supposed to be introduced in Black Widow. And so the only okay. question I have then, if she okay. is working for Wilson Fisk, what, what does that have to do with Russia? That's a good point. And so that's my only thing. That's I my mean, only thing with it. If I general, didn't know that Val was supposed to be in Black Widow... Then I, I would say that yeah, it's a pretty heavy possibility. In general, but, I don't know what Val has to do with Russia because she's an she's an Italian noblewoman. But so she if she if if she works right, she's an Italian noblewoman that works for maybe going back to the beginning, comic book Leviathan. And then Leviathan maybe is in charge of the Red Room. It wasn't Hydra. Um. And then uh, Leviathan being KGB and whatnot, then she has a lot of connections to Russia. And maybe they just had some incredible influence in Madripoor that one of the Leviathan members is the power broker. So Val or not Val. It's possible. Uh, As a little bit of a side note, I have a feeling Val is the one who shot Selby. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either her or someone working with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, I mean, in, in Val's first line, if you look her up, uh, it, tell, it says that she's an excellent marksman. Uh, oh, right, right, right. With yeah, firearms true. Of any Could kind. have been her, for sure. Uh, and if we're just introducing characters at this point, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Also, with the GRC being such a big thing in New York and I guess around the world, we don't know how many pies uh, the Power Burger has his fingers in. Right. I, I think that Wilson Fisk is still a good... That's still a good guess. No, I mean that's a it's a hot take, but it's a cool take. It's a cool we'll find one. out. We'll find out next episode. I I so I, I'd like to read that article. Uh, not to say I don't believe you, because I believe you about the the Val being in, in Black Widow. But I just don't understand yeah. why too much. I know you talked about Leviathan and whatnot, but I still I don't really understand how her character could have much of a, a role well because she's yeah no I hear what you're saying like I don't know what capacity it would be right in. like. But uh, if she shows up, she's like, "Ah, I'm with Leviathan," and everyone's like, "Well, what maybe, are you about? maybe like, does she work for Drakov? Does she?" Well, so think about it. so Black Widow takes place like six years, seven years, seven years ago, ago before Falcon and the Winter Soldier takes place. Yeah. So I mean, like, she could be some doing something completely different, you know? <laughs> like, fair, fair. It's I mean, that's um, that's a long time. Ago. I mean, think about where Sharon Carter was seven years ago, right? Right, right. <coughs> So like she, yeah, completely different position. Although I don't think it'll be completely different. I think both of them will have to do with Leviathan. Okay. I think uh, maybe she's the power broker, but she's the number two for Leviathan. Maybe um, underneath. Uh, I lost the name. Mugadan. I don't know what his name is. Morgadan. Magadan. Uh, I think that's Dogen. what it is. Um. And, and so that that's what I think is I think there will be a lot of Leviathan things. Um, and that, that does make me curious, though, is like her being this connective tissue. I keep talking about the triangles of storytelling. I talked about it with WandaVision. And I talked about it with uh, Captain Marvel. And I was like, yeah, but I don't understand what the triangle is with Falcon and Warrior Soldier. The triangle is androids, wizards, and aliens. <laughs> and super soldiers. Perfect triangle. Um <laughs> It's a pyramid. So, uh, yeah, it's tetrahedral. Uh, but thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, so what if it's Falcon Warrior Soldier and Black Widow? And then what's the third one? I don't know. But and then we start getting into things that, that become interesting. But uh, I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I, I think it's. Um, Do you think. Maybe She Hulk, even. You know, like She Hulk doesn't have a place yet. Uh, and this is kind of about that, uh, but this is something that Kevin Feige has also talked about because people have been asking this. Uh, pe- people have been asking if, like if these shows are going to get a season two, right? And That's specifically true. with Wandavision, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said a hard no to Wandavision. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier much more likely could get a sequel. Yeah, I hear that. I don't necessarily think it will. I think that like the, I think this story has told like this story was specifically for the passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a, a second season would have to follow something else. Entirely. I think it's completely contingent on who holds the shield at the end. Not who wields the shield. Cause I think it's, it's Sam. I, at this point, Sam's like, he's, he's accepting it. but there, there's, there's literally a shot where Bucky picks up the shield, puts it on, walks three feet over and takes it off puts and it gives it to Sam. Sam. <laughs> that was the moment where it was like if Bucky was going to take it, he would take it there. He would take it there. Yeah. Um so so it's Sam. Um 
and then Sam has this whole training Taj, you know. So uh, it, it's Sam. I agree. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I lost my train of thought though. Uh, <laughs> Glad I could help out. They, I, I think it depends on like where Sam and Bucky are going to show up next. Because okay. I don't know if there's a particular project I have in mind where I'm like they have to be in. Um, I mean, they talk about Captain Marvel too that that's going to be like a, a, a Captain America Civil War level. I'm glad it's movie. not another, another period piece. Um, yeah, right. Um, but they're they're saying that like there will be a lot of other heroes in it also. So maybe that's their next venture. But I don't know if that necessarily relates to most some of, of their upcoming, current things but maybe some of their current things are somewhat isolated i don't know most of their upcoming or most of the upcoming projects in marvel don't doesn't don't really feel like they would fit with these characters and, and that's kind of why i keep talking about the triangles of storytelling is because like they're doing what i think they should be doing which is okay we we told all this story to get to thanos but think about how we told that story we told them in very like separate strands and so it's cool that this WandaVision Doctor Strange strand is going on. And then it's cool that this Secret Invasion Captain Marvel Miss Marvel strand is going on. And then it's cool that what whatever this Falcon Winter Soldier Black Widow strand is going on. So we have at least three stories going on. And I don't know what Loki is going to connect to. Maybe Thor and Guardians 3 is another separate cosmic story. Uh, like, I don't know. But, uh, There's not a lot of like down-to-earth events that these characters could... <laughs> Right. So, uh, yeah. So I group them together, but um, although they have to be on Earth at least to pick up Jane, you know? Right. <coughs> uh, but <laughs> she just finds herself. Yeah. It, it's cool, though. It feels like there's like a lot of strands being told, mm-hmm. which is the way it should feel because. I mean, we talked about that back in episode one that like this, this show started off with so many different <laughs> thread points that it was, it was starting. Yeah. And so, it's so it's cool because it's like when you watch a. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a good one. Guardians of the Galaxy has the Power Stone, right? Mm-hmm. But like the only bit we had really seen of Thanos. Now Thanos is in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's a very minor role. Um, how dare you? How before dare you that, a minor role. <laughs> you're right. He uh, calls Ronan boy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he is technically behind what's going on in Guardians of the Galaxy for the first half, and then Ronan goes off on his own. <laughs> but um but yeah it's like very similar it's almost the exact same thing that is in avengers is thanos is behind loki but doesn't really show his face very much um and so it's like to have that if like to to people who aren't familiar of the infinity stones and their connection to thanos where have you been in the last six years <laughs> uh well like when guardians came out but uh which was six years six ago. years ago <laughs> uh so like if you weren't familiar about that you were just like okay it's a it's a story sure there's a slight connection but it's very minor and there is going to be that slight connection because they all fought together (laughs) now so like you inherently have that slight connection and so but to still pretend that these stories are so separate is cool um because you you give a chance to really delve into different moments and in this case a lot of character moments right Um, it would have been very hard to to tell something on this scale within a time constraints of a movie. Yeah. I think like, I think WandaVision, you might've been able to do it. Um, maybe it feels a lot. Maybe it feels a touch rushed, but at the same time, like let's think about like 
how much of like those first three episodes aren't really character moments, but they are slow burn moments. They really savor the slow burn. Um, and so whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier though, is we have so many character moments uh, with Sam and with Bucky and like, uh, and that's the thing that's super cool about this episode. Um, kind of getting back to it is that Sam and Bucky's conversation before they part as just a couple of guys, uh, their conversation, I think is so cool because to me, it is the conclusion of a conversation that already started, which was their therapy session. Yes. Yes. And so, so, so what happens in their therapy session, they both say some things that don't get resolved is Sam says, Hey, I made a decision and you're just going to have to trust me that it was the right decision. And then Bucky says, Hey, if you leave the shield, that means Steve is wrong about you, which means he was wrong about me. me. And to me, I was like, man, they're both like, they, they both said exactly what needed to be said and neither of them embraced it. But, uh, but in this episode, they do embrace it. Bucky says, Hey, you know, I get it now. Like at that time, there's no way we could have got it. But I get it now. Right. Uh, I get what your headspace was at. And, and then Sam on the other side says, BB as Bucky brings it back up that like, I just thought that like, you know, that if, if the shield was retired, then what, what is, retired. what is Steve? What is, what are you? What am I? And he even says that, that like the shield is the closest <clears throat> thing he has left to family. And if you were just going to retire it, then he has nothing left. Right. And, and then Sam says, Hey dude, you know, you gotta, you gotta live beyond Steve. You, you gotta live beyond me. Don't even listen to me. You gotta, you gotta be for yourself. Um, and then he actually gives him some direction that he's like, Hey, it's cool that you're like making amends with all these bad people that you enabled right. as the winter soldier, but you also need to focus on the ones that you hurt as the winter soldier. And you shouldn't be making amends for yourself. Well, you should be making basically. amends for them. He says specifically that he hasn't been making amends. He's been avenging them, not amending. Right. Um, and I think, <laughs> and he's like, just start with one man. I'm like, ah, oh, man, Mr. Nakajima. Uh, <laughs> right, no, for sure. Um, and, and Right, because he's been avenging because like as the Winter Soldier, he enabled all these bad people. So right. now he's getting them all arrested and whatnot and detained. Um, what about the good people here? But what about the good people? You can't get those people arrested. <laughs> I mean, you can, but it doesn't, you shouldn't. doesn't I you wouldn't exactly call that Bad. amends. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so like those are the ones that are actually going to impact him because he, it'll be something that he's not doing for himself. Mm-hmm. He's doing it strictly for them. He he has to make himself vulnerable and uh, kind of exposed of his crimes. And so like, yeah, I mean, and, and that's what I thought was so cool is that like, wow, that was a conversation we opened up back in episode two mm-hmm. and now in episode, the second to last episode we get concluded. Um, Something else that was brought up in that conversation and not to detract from your amazing uh, little thanks, man. Yeah. Emotional speech you just gave. So um, Leonardo da Vinci, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sam gave us a little bit of insight on where Steve is. And I think Steve's dead. Someone said that before in in an earlier episode. They said Steve's gone, and I'm pretty sure Sam uses the same words. And but the, the repetition of it does seem at the time uh, nail in coffin. <laughs> at the time, I played it off as like Steve's just not <coughs> here anymore. He's no longer with the role. He's not an Avenger. He's off doing his own thing, like just living his last yeah. years. But 
I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point, like Steve has passed away. So that means sometime at some point with like, I think this is kind of one of those things that I think Steve lived long enough to be able to give the shield. And then, like, and then that was like one of his last few things. And then laid down next to Tony's grave. And, right. Right. <laughs> and died. Uh, it's like a hundred Dom where like they get buried together. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I, it's not a big plot point, but I, I wanted to bring it up because we've kind of talked about that on the podcast of like what's going on with steve like why don't they go to him just for advice like talking about the shield and whatnot but Mm -hmm. yeah maybe he is dead um that there is the small possibility just to put it out there um because i do think you're you're more right now up in space um (laughs) yeah he's he's on the sword ship that would be cool cool. steve's gone steve's gone man he went if they he went up, <laughs> yeah, not, you know, right, like right. All, the, all the Canada jokes, you or, know, or, uh, or like uh, in WandaVision where they, where at the end, she's like pointing up to go up to space. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm just saying not to bring this into like science fiction, but uh, if you get him going fast enough on a ship, it'll, it'll slow down his, slow down his aging. <laughs> right. But uh, he's already aged quite a bit. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but they, um, uh, yeah, I hear you saying, but not even necessarily that. Um, I was actually thinking almost similarly to Isaiah. Okay. That like in in what way? That like Bucky knew about Isaiah, but kind of understood that like to just leave him, quote unquote, dead, um, to the okay. world, mm-hmm. dead to the world, um, and just leave him be because he's already been through so much. And so, like, part of me, a little bit of me is kind of like, well, yeah. And so the reason why Sam keeps going to Isaiah now is because he's just now learning about it. It's new. Right. But Steve's not new to Sam and Bucky. So they're both letting Steve stay dead to the world. Either realistically um, or whatever. Yeah. And so, but maybe he is actually dead. Maybe he's in space with, with Nikki Fury. Is that what you tell? Uh, like, where where did my dog go? Oh, he's in space. space with Nick Fury. <laughs> he's in space with Nick Fury. Yeah, uh, we took um, him to a special farm in space with Nick Fury. With Nick Fury. Um, <laughs> what's the what's the, the like the pet Avengers? Nick Fury or something? He's like a squirrel. Oh gosh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, something else. One last thing about this, and then I'm gonna so ask bad. a question about the the show. <laughs> um, during during the 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 second part of couple therapy. Uh, which is their t- Sam and Bucky's talk about the shield, about Cap and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucky has has a line where he says that he and Steve talked about who would get the shield right. after his passing, and specifically that they both thought it should be Sam. And mm-hmm. that's really big on Bucky because, again, he said that the shield is like his his connection to just Steve and whatnot. And for him to to let that go to Sam, I think it's like was really that that's a big thing for him. I think he realizes that let's look at sam sam everything we've seen about sam in the mcu let's think about it yeah he's He's always he's always with captain america but not even that he's not always with captain america he's always with captain america saving bucky because he didn't fight in age of ultron right he wasn't in that fight nope even though he was working with steve so he's always with Steve saving Bucky. And so Bucky feels like he owes a lot. The more only instance thing. we really have otherwise is Lagos. And it's the beginning. <laughs> and then after that, it's again back to saving Bucky. What do you mean? There's Ant-Man. Yeah. 
it's true that's true uh but, but, but yeah like everything we though. see of sam is taking on steve's responsibility of saving bucky and, and i think that that's something that bucky realizes that like he he's needed to be saved so much and sam was there right alongside steve saving him um and so like yeah sam yeah <coughs> i think you bring up a good point i mean we're, we're getting a little low on time uh i do want to bring up one last thing um and i won't bring up something i want to ask you a question how do you think this final episode is going to go what do you think is going to be like the, the bullet points like like the, the bare outline of what's going to happen maybe maybe not necessarily like concluding character points but what do you think yeah yeah, yeah. just just specifically plot wise action wise yep. that yep. those a little easier to predict i mean not action wise obviously bucky bucky will survive and make peace with nakajima yes um or he'll make peace with nakajima and then die sorry to put that out there but um <laughs> <laughs> Ian's thinking about it. I was like, "What do you mean, Bucky's gonna die or Nakajima's gonna die?" No, Bucky was like, like after he makes peace. And oh then man, he dies. I sure hope not. <laughs> oh. oh, that would be a horrible way for this to end. <laughs> but it's like it's it's one of those things that's it like, would be a you set up story something he... that he has to do. The only thing that I would say that like not is like, what about those eleven other people that are in right, the book? Right. Because they made that comment. There's but, a dozen of them. But, but this uh, is the only one we know. Yeah. I would be so upset. <laughs> this would. This to me. Sorry. This to me. Of if he, if that happens, where he dies after making peace with Nakajima, would be worse than Spider-Man dying. In, I think it's good storytelling. It is but, good storytelling, but I don't want it. Yeah. I don't yeah, want yeah. that. Good no, I agree. I it it is worse. It's worse than Spider-Man dying. I, I'm with that. <laughs> that. That would hit me harder. Or prob- I don't know. Maybe Tony Stark dying. But like I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. It, it's it's on par yeah. or something, but like that that would I hurt, think, man. I think it's borderline worse. Yeah, yeah, it, um, it would hurt. But yeah, I don't actually think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I just put that out there because I was like, you you need to take that back. Uh, I don't wait, whenever I think about like how you could tell a story, I'm just like, well, you have to you have to uh, indulge the idea. Right, right. Um, <laughs> don't never do that again. <laughs> so now that Bucky's done, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, no, I don't think they'll do that because I do think it'll like somewhat end with Bucky making peace with Nakajima and maybe Sam's waiting out in the hall. Mm, Um, that kind of thing. But, uh, and the boat will finish. We'll get a nice scene of Sam taking his nephews out on the boat. You know, we got to do that. They set up for that. They have, but (laughs) that that aside, there's kind of two ways I see it could go. Um, one is just that this big GRC showdown in New York with all these council members. Uh, and whatever Carly's going to do with Betrock and all them. Now, my problem with this, though, is I don't fully see it because I think there's inherently some problems that's like, well, how does Sam get there so quickly? Bucky's also in Washington, which isn't exactly New York. So how does Bucky get there so quickly? Right, right. And And so that is a little weird to me. And then also it's like I still want some sort of resolution with Sharon. I need more context there. Right um now how does john fit into that it's very easy john also shows up and deals with that um and so like yeah i just to to me the sharon thing being remaining unexplained is kind of the thing that bothers me it's so like part of the thread that doesn't 
type. So part of me thinks that there will be two big action sequences in this, which has been a pretty common thing in all of these episodes that there's like two action sequences. Mm -hmm. Uh, other than maybe this episode, which I think is part of the reason why I said like it feels very conclusion, like resolution. But um, so if there's two action sequences, maybe we start with the GRC showdown. And maybe Carly's like very successful. I, I don't know how it goes down, but something really big happens during that because it's kind of like the ultimate showdown between lawmakers and terrorists right <laughs> right like who will win um and so with that being set up with that that climactic moment being set up and then it's like okay sam has to go get her now he needs to stop being uh a little bit reactive waiting for intel he needs to go get her now um and so that that's kind of the way i'm leaning a little bit more um assuming this episode is as long as i mean every episode i think has been longer than the previous one yeah so assuming that like somewhat continues that this is still a 60 minute episode like that would be a lot to fill if you just do have this grc showdown for like i don't imagine it'll last more than 10 15 minutes i think 10 minutes probably and then you have a 50 minute resolution <laughs> like it's pretty long um and so like if we if then the grc thing happened last 10 minutes okay and then it's about hunting down her and then we learn about the connection of how sharon fits into this all and then we learn maybe a little bit more about john and whether john is teaming up or not for this one mission and then we have the big showdown between all our heroes and villains and but but we learn more that that's the big key is that i think there has to be learning time but it feels like the grc thing is going down now which means there's no learning time so i, I think there has to be two action sequences i okay so that's that's your take uh i have a lot of points with you and i don't want to sound like i'm just yeah. falling off of you but i i have some similar thoughts um i, I think echo that, josh exactly <laughs> uh, i think the grc thing is happening immediately and yeah. In in uh, in some notes I put, I kind of made a little joke that I think Sam gets to fly there, like Mach three or something. Yeah, just because he has to make he has to make it there in a couple minutes. It's the new vibranium wings, man. Maybe um, where you split your brain in half. <laughs> right. He gets there and his face is like ripped off. Or um, but I so I think the GRC fight's gonna go down immediately. The Carly and the Morgan are there. Uh, I think Walker's gonna show up. And I, my thought is, I think Walker's story is going to conclude with the GRC fight because I think I think that the flag smashers are going to be fully dealt with by the end of the GRC combat, or maybe GRC happens and then they go off and then they're dealt with. But I think that before before Sam and Bucky leave the U.S. to go deal with Sharon and Madripoor or the power broker or whatever, I think the flag smashers are done. Yeah. So I think that Walker is going to come back. He's going to have his stupid shield made of it's steel. Just uh we get we get the idea that or like we get the birth of u.s agent as a character really yeah um and i think he's going to be pivotal 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 maybe yes, in, in stopping word. the flag smashers and carly specifically i don't know i don't know if i have an idea of whether the u.s how the how like the government will will take that him coming back to to, to right this. um but i think that his character ends there as well so and I think we I, I, 
I think, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see how it is. When, when you say the character concludes, you just mean like the ch- this chapter, this chapter of his life, in, and in then this... moving forward, he'll be whatever U.S. agent is. Right. Like, right. yeah, yeah. Within, okay, within I hear the you. context of this show, I'm just trying to his... clarify for myself because it's like, Sorry. unless he think... dies, I don't feel like his character's no. concluding. No, 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 no. And I don't think he'll die. I think he'll live. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think we'll. I think it would be a loss if we don't find out more about what happened on his and Lamar's worst day in the, in the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how they would be able to tie that I don't, in. Yeah. But I, I would like to know more about that. Um, but I do think within the context of this show, his his time ends here in, in the U.S. Uh, that he'll be U.S. agent and doing off whatever he wants to do. Um, I think that Sam and Bucky are going to see Batroc or something, or something, or they're going to find out how Sharon sure. is involved in this. Right. They're going to cross the seas for like the 18th time in the show. Uh, they, dude, they're going to have such jet lag after this is all over. Do for sure. They need some um, naps. Seriously. Uh, is that what they're doing off screen? <laughs> they're just napping. <laughs> maybe, uh, they're just, gonna, maybe they just sleep really well on flight. They're going to confront Sharon. Something's, something's going to go down with that. I don't really know how. I feel like, I don't know if Sharon's going to, I don't think Sharon's going to end up on the side of the good guys. Yeah, it feels um, weird. For her to be like, oh, it's all a prank. I, I'm actually a, a good prank. It's still. just a prank. Yeah, it's just, just a, a prank, prank, bro. Social uh, experiment. Right, right. I, I feel like she's going to end up on the side of the bad guys. I don't know what is going to happen with her. If she'll get arrested mm-hmm. within the raft or something. Or if they'll leave her be, I don't know, and be like, don't do this again. Um, I feel like we're going to be introduced to the power broker. Because I don't think Contessa, and at this point, I don't think Sharon is the power broker. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what more Contessa is going to do other than make a call. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's going to call Walker um, and be like, Hey, flag smashers here. Go. Right, right, right. Or something. And then next uh, time it's like, Hey, now that you did that for me. Right. But I, I have a feeling we'll be introduced to the power broker. They're going to go off. They're going to fight Majipur, maybe meet, learn of the, the power broker. And that's going to be the end of that. So that the power brokers can still have stuff to do. Uh, to conclude, Tim Bucky are going to come back to the states, uh, probably without Sharon, but they could bring her back too. Uh, Bucky's going to go and confront Nakajima, and and yeah, I I like that. a lot of what you're saying. And then I think Sam is going to go and do fishing with his nephews. Yeah, so like the the last scene is going to be Bucky, like the Bucky and Sam is split up. Bucky is with Nakajima, and Sam's with his nephews. So I think, I think there might be a scene after. Where they okay. come back together, but maybe not. Ooh, ooh. And they like go out on date or something. Yeah, you know, in the, right in front of at the at Izzy's <laughs> at Izzy's, like they're on a date. Like she's like, hmm. yeah, no. Um, Do you I, think that he's gonna talk to whatever her name is again, Lena? Ooh, Lena? that that would be the ending, right? Is that Bu- Bucky to- goes to Nakajima, Sam goes out with his nephews and comes back, and Bucky's back <laughs> sitting with Sarah, and they're both like drinking lemonade or something, oh, <laughs> and, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill him," <laughs> and then cut cut to credits. He gives him that like death stare, or like like he picks up the shield, puts it on his arm, walks up, <laughs> and then cuts. Or uh, that'd be kind of funny. Or he throws the shield at Bucky, and Bucky has to react. <laughs> Catches it, and he like wheel pulls it away. It's like the Winter Soldier thing, where he, like, yeah. his face appears from his arm. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I I could see there being something like that in like end on even a lighter foot than just uh, like melancholy kind of thing. Where, yeah, where they're um, 
Okay, I can see that. But uh, I do like a lot of what you're saying. Uh, I, I still just wonder, though, the resolution with Sharon, though, to me, doesn't feel like like the climax. I think That doesn't she, feel I, like the climax no, to me. You're right. And so, like, I, I don't know so how weird. that's going to be broken into it. Because I, I don't understand. At this point, with, with all the threads they're telling, right. with, with all that they have to conclude, Sharon feels like the wild card. Her, her her story her but at the same she's time doing. she's also not like big enough to like for them to just be like oh let's go f-. like like think about it. they they deal with the flag smashers and they fight the grc like to me that's the climax right like if that is but that's happening that's, first so but that's happening first and then they go fight sharon and what her regular soldiers who are just yeah. normal people like they're not super soldiers. Maybe there they're will just be a, bounty hunters. Maybe there will be a, a show off or something with the power broker. <laughs> but at the but same I time, mean, even that's weird, right? Yeah. Cause like, yeah, the power broker's like been in the show the whole time, but like not that much, not to Sam and Bucky. But I, I don't think that the flag smashers make it out of New York. I don't think that they, their story continues outside after the GRC fight. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough story to tell where we're at. Um, I'm kind of on the side that I think they have to make it out of New York in order to, and then have them run back to Madripoor because they're like, we need to do something or I don't know. I mean, I mean, that would maybe, maybe the they think they, they, if they don't know, they, they know that Nagel's dead, right? They, they do. Cause, okay. well, yes, because Carly said like Nagel's mm-hmm. dead, like power brokers can be come begging to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe they go back because they're like, all right, now we definitely need to grow our army. We need more super soldiers. I mean, maybe it's that, but they're like, maybe Nagel just had some lying around. Um, and then they go back to Sharon. And then that's the kind of showdown is that they're like, all right, we're here for Carly and Carly and the Morgenthau's. Um, yes. <laughs> we're here for Carly and the Morgenthau's. And then Sharon opens the door and is like, and they're like, what? <laughs> Sharon, and then you have the song. It was Sharon all along. All along. <laughs> <laughs> she does it like wink. <laughs> yeah, and I hired Batroc too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, that that's kind of the way I feel like it has to go with less of the goofiness, but um. <laughs> I think the goofiness would be hilarious as like a, a short little skit, but not anything within the yeah, show. Yeah, if it wasn't so. in the MCU. <laughs> if it was like something just like we made. Um, something that regular non, non-creators non made. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of where I feel like it has to go. But at the same time, like, yeah, it feels like such a big climactic moment that it is weird that the Flag Smashers get to go beyond that. First of all, I think it's weird that the Flag Smashers... Okay. Because that feels like such an apex to their story is confronting the GRC. In the US now, which I think is very impressive considering the the, the rise in terrorism throughout the world that the US is... They somehow make it in. Uh, But they make it in. Sure, they make it in. The GRC gets blown up. They get whatever. How are they making it out of the United States? That's true. How are they able to make it into the United States, but Sharon isn't? Right. Uh, these people who are internationally wanted criminals. Uh, and then, like, that's kind of the same level she's at, but Sharon didn't kill anyone. Right. Uh, <laughs> know of. But yeah, we so know. they have a fight with Walker and with Sam and, Bucky, <coughs> and like the U.S. sees them or whatever. And somehow they're still able to get out of the United States and fly to Madripoor. Yeah. Don't make much sense. Uh, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, 
my thought is that the flag smashers end in New York. However, I will say it's probably easier it, to get out of a country than to get into a country. <laughs> if they do make it out of New York, I think the best place they go is to Madripoor to, to try and right. do something. Um, and then we'll get a showdown there, maybe. Because uh, I, I agree with you, having Sharon's interactions be like the climax of the show doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it um, just, I don't know. Yeah, so We just I, don't, I don't know, know enough about what that would be. We don't know enough about her. Because like, as far as I can imagine, is it would just be like she has like some bounty hunters on payroll. Right. Which like that doesn't sound like a threat for Sam and Bucky. <laughs> uh, I, what if, especially after they defeat the Flag Smashers? Because I, I was thinking about this and I forgot it in my in my uh, outline for this last episode. Do you think we'll see Torres again? Maybe. I think could so. be. I, think um, I don't know if he'll have had time to fix the wings. Um, yeah, you think he'd show up with the wings? I would like to see that because uh, he, like, he he just wants to help out Sam. Like he's he's doing mm-hmm. his best. He's and it would nice to be it'd nice. It would be nice to see him in that role. Um, but I hope he shows up again, not wearing the wings, but the wings are like next to him. He has them or something. He has. Yeah. Them. He's like, hey, I spent the last forty eight hours without sleep working on them. Uh, I also have jet lag, by the way, because I've been traveling around the world. No, no, no. He doesn't have to call attention to him. They they could just no, be no, like no, in no. the background hanging up. Um, but he's, or like he's they're on a table and he's been working on them. Right, but like Torres like makes a call and he's like, "Hey, they just in the same way that he's been giving intel, I guess. Hey, I think they're headed to Madripoor, like <laughs> or something. Yeah, no, that would be cool. Um, but it would be nice to see him just one more time, just to to remind Sam that you still have one friend in the. In the military, oh, the military right. other than James Rhodes, I guess he has <laughs> two friends. Um, <laughs> but that's yeah. it. I don't know. I, I think there's and a lot Thaddeus this... Ross. No, just kidding. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think there's a lot this final episode has to do. Um, they've definitely. It will be funny though if the end of this is Zemo and the Flag Smashers are in the raft. <laughs> they just like. Zemo's like he stands up or something, and he just like looks out and he sees them all. On a- They're walking in, being escorted in. Like it, it would make a. I don't know if the raft has like cafeteria lunches like a standard <laughs> prison would, but it'd make those very awkward. That'd be that'd be pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm excited. One more week, we get a. Yeah. Conclusion to this series finally. Definitely. Um, it's not a perfect show, but it is very interesting. It's very thought-provoking. If, um, if, because we don't know for sure, if the show was rewritten from its original script, yeah. they've done a pretty good job of still getting True. a story out of this. True. If it changed, like it's pretty, pretty close. Like my biggest problems are like the GRC and consistencies. No um, but I can't. But part of me feels like there are certain things that still just don't make sense that would have been there. Like a lot of the like border stuff which like sort of makes sense it just feels like it's a weird place how we got here <laughs> right um which is why i feel like that would still be there because it's kind of predates the show almost like the show just acknowledges that 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 that, that happened maybe um but i don't know uh we're probably going to go ahead and wrap up here so don't forget next saturday we will be talking about the falcon and winter soldier finale on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision uh at noon eastern time and then on wednesday it might just be me i don't know if taylor's gonna be here um 
but regardless next I'd wednesday here, but it's my finals yeah so. you'll, you'll be finishing up your first quarter which is exciting yep um and good luck to you on your tests uh and next wednesday the rest of us in the entire world uh i'll be tuning in for well, I'll be tuning in at 5 p.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash indecision for this week. We are watching Voyagers, um, which I don't know how it's going to be, but we'll sounds see. Like a, um, it sounds like a movie. It is a movie. Can confirm. <laughs> uh, it's got Colin Farrell in it, so that should be exciting. Uh, but yeah, that's next Wednesday. And then, like I said, Saturday, Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. Um, afterwards, after Falcon and Weary Soldier, two weeks, Saturdays will then become uh, Bad Batch. Uh, I actually wonder, I'm trying to decide if we should do Bad Batch two days in a row because I learned that, uh, and I'll be talking about this a little bit more on Wednesday because I just happened to see this. Bad Batch is premiering on Tuesday, May the 4th, with a 70 minute premiere. And then it's again having another episode on Friday. So I'm trying to decide whether I want that Saturday for to cover like kind of the first three episodes kind of thing. Um, or Wednesday talk the 70 minutes and then Saturday talk. Because um, I don't think we have anything that week. I think we we're going to watch Night of the Living Dead, which well, we have room I, uh, to push a week. I'm but... free that week, so I can I can be there that Wednesday. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't decided, but it's just something I was toying with. Um, but it's a show that I'm. I will say I am getting more excited about it the closer we're getting. When it was first announced, I was like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> um, it seems like an interesting premise. So, we, we <coughs> yeah, hopefully you finish Clone Wars by then. No, I'm just kidding. There is no, no, there's chance, no chance. Clone Wars, Clone Wars yeah. by then. But maybe watching this will get me back into the mood, and I can. I'll watch Clone Wars in my first. Uh, time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't, I'll just keep repeating the announcements. I feel like, but, um, Ian Rismondo, good luck with your tests these next weeks. Thank you. Um, Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also take your time and answer them correctly. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>